morning, everyone, and welcome to Julius Baer's Moving Markets podcast. It's Wednesday, the 3rd of May, and my name is Roman Canziani. Of course, we'll be talking about the renewed concerns on US regional banks and a big week for central bank action. But our focus this morning is on the corporate earnings season, which is in full swing, both in the US and in Europe. For that, I'll be talking to Mathieu Racheter, our head of equity strategy, who will share his views regarding what the results mean for stock prices going forward. But first, let's get us filled in on the latest news moving the markets. For that, I'm sitting here with Mike Rauber from Investment Writing. Good morning, Mike. Uh, so how did the US markets fare then? Good morning, uh, Roman. Yes, on Monday, markets were relieved that First Republic Bank is being taken over by JP Morgan. But uh, yesterday then, investors turned their attention to other regional banks due to concerns of them being disadvantaged versus their larger rivals. And so uh, hardest hit was PacWest Bank Corp. It dropped 27% and Western Alliance, which fell 15%. Also weighing on investor sentiment yesterday was a report that U.S. job openings fell from 10 million a month earlier to 9.59 million in March. It's lowest in more than two years, indicating uh, some weakness in the labor market. And so the S&P 500 ended the day 1.2% lower after being down uh, over 2% during the trading day. Besides financial growth concerns uh, led oil stocks lower as Brent fell 5% to $75 a barrel. Consumer and healthcare stocks outperformed But overall, the day saw 410 stocks in the S&P 500 dropping. And the economically sensitive U.S. small cap Russell 2000 fell uh, 2.1%. And also maybe to note, Asia is following U.S. benchmarks uh, with Hong Kong's Hang Seng down 1.8% when I last looked. Japan and mainland China, they are closed for holiday today. So how did fixed income markets react? Uh, Yes, there was also quite a reaction there. Uh, Two-year Treasury rates, which are more sensitive to uh, Fed moves, plunged as much as 21 basis points to below 4%. And the 10-year U.S. Treasury yield fell 15 basis points to 3.42% on the banking and overall growth concerns. But in what I find a very interesting twist, uh, even as the Treasury bond yields fell, uh, Treasury bill yields for June topped 5% in the wake uh, of a warning from uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen that the U.S. government could run into debt ceiling limitations as soon as the start of next month. So with all of this, what are the expectations for the Fed rate decision today? Yes, indeed. That's the big one for today. Uh, The Fed is widely expected to raise its key policy rate by 0.25% to 5.25% when it announces its interest rate decision Today at 2 o'clock local time, which is 8 o'clock Central European time in the evening. Our research expects this to be the last rate hike in this tightening cycle, as the economic effects of the previous rate hikes will be increasingly felt. Indeed, this has been the fastest and steepest rate hike cycle by the Fed since at least the 1980s. So the attention today will be greatly on any tweaks to the Fed statement and Jerome Powell's press conference. And really there, the reference point is that the market is pricing in currently an interest rate cut by the end of the year. All right. The activist investor Carl Icahn is also in the news, but this time in a different way, I understand. 
Yes, uh, usually he's very outspoken. Also, he publishes his letters to uh, corporate boards on Twitter. But now he's finding himself on the receiving end after the Hindenburg research firm disclosed a short call against his investment firm on the grounds that Icon Enterprises is way overpriced based on its holdings and what it called evidence of inflated valuations. Icon Enterprises shares were down around 20%, its greatest one-day drop since being listed uh, more than two decades ago. Uh, Hinden, by the way, Hindenburg Research is the firm that early this year had wrote a devastating report on the Indian Adani Group. At the time, its founder, Gautam Adani, was the third richest person on earth. Okay, and uh, what do we expect for the day? Yes, there is uh, also Eurozone employment report. Uh, it is expected to come in unchanged from the previous months at 6.6%. And the Central Bank of Brazil, its main policy rate is expected to remain at 13.75%. In terms of uh, earnings reports today, we've already have some uh, companies out. BNP Paribas, higher revenues, Unicredit in Italy, it raised its full year target. And Deutsche Lufthansa expects earnings to rise above pre-pandemic levels in Q2. And later on, we'll also have Estee Lauder as well as Qualcomm to name just a few. So with all of this, as I see, U.S. and European equity futures are slightly in the green now. But of course, the U.S. Federal Reserve is the big thing today. So that's all from me. And back to you, Roman. Right. Uh, thank you very much, Mike. And now over to you, Mathieu. Good morning. You are here today with an update on the U.S. earnings season. Good morning, Roman. Now, in the U.S., roughly two-thirds of the S&P 500's market cap have reported results so far. Last time you were here, you were quite happy with the start of the earnings season. Do the results continue to come in stronger than expected? Yes, um, and I have to say I um, continue to be quite happy. So the results uh, come in quite strongly still of 79% for the S&P 500 so far. So we are looking at the beat rate of 79% uh, for the companies in the S&P 500, which is significantly above the five-year average of 74%. Um, Sector-wise, we have oil and gas, consumer defensives, and also communications that have the highest beat ratio, while financials, real estate, and utilities have the lowest one. What's a bit maybe a bit surprising this time around is the actual stock price reaction following the results. So if you look at historical data, companies which beat on earnings saw their stock price on average increase by a full percent following the results. But this time around, the average stock price increase after beat was only 0.1%. So you could say roughly flat. We think there are two main reasons for that. So first off, you know, expectations have been quite low into the going to the earnings season. We have mentioned that uh, multiple times in our uh, communication. And we also think, you know, that's also what the consensus was among investors. So the buy side kind of anticipated a good earnings season this time around. The second reason is, you know, kind of in the link of the first one, um, being that we have seen the equity markets rallying into the earnings season, which stands in contrast to what happened during previous quarters, during previous earnings season, where actually the equity market sold off ahead of the start of the earnings season. So I think uh, these two uh, factors help to explain why the average stock price reaction to positive earnings surprises have been rather muted this time around. Understood. However, there have been some notable exceptions. Some of the US mega cap tech names saw their share prices soaring following the results. So what do you make out of that? 
Yes, indeed, we have some of the US mega caps that uh, delivered quite strong uh, re results. And we think this was one of the main drivers also behind the broad-based equity rally that we have seen in the second half of uh, last week. Um, you know, their outlooks, especially when it comes to the uh, efficiency gains, cost cutting, and also their upbeat views on online advertising and AI created some sort of a turning point for the whole equity market. At that time, yes. So absolutely. But your job is to look at such outliers in a broader context. So what's your view on the communication sector in two or three sentences, please? Sure. So we upgraded the communication sector uh, to overweight a month ago based on the expectations of a bottoming trend in the online advertising market and cost efficiency potential, which should re-accelerate the earnings outlook uh, for the sector. And, you know, the latest quarterly results from the heavyweights in the sector actually confirm our investment thesis. And we think there is more upside um, in the cards from here. So we are looking at 14% of earnings growth for the communication sector this year compared to zero growth. For the broader market and we think this improvement in the earnings outlook is not yet reflected in relative valuations anything else noteworthy to highlight from the overall earnings season then yes uh, maybe you know another interesting observation we found in the quarterly results are from the consumer defensive names so in general if you look at the results from the consumer defensive companies they show that consumers have kind of stopped trading down for white label products so you know, if that's because they are saving elsewhere or they are just reducing the savings rate overall in anticipation of better times ahead, we actually don't know. The numbers don't tell us uh, to that. But in general, this is quite a good sign for the state of the U.S. consumer. So um, then if you look on the industrial side, the large industrial companies have all reported quite strong results across the board. Um, especially for the electrical engineering companies, which report resilient order numbers. And also this time around, uh, organic revenue growth was quite strong, which uh, suggests that supply chain constraints are easing. So they're able to work down their backlog. Right. Uh, thank you very much, Mathieu, for sharing your insights with us today. So that's all for today. Uh, thank you again to our speakers this morning. And thank you all for tuning in. Do join us tomorrow, Thursday, again, when my colleague Helen Freer is back with more colleagues to talk about what's moving markets. Have a great day, everyone, and bye for now. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information. Für unsere deutschsprachigen Zuhörer. We would also like to make you aware of Marktanalysen und Gespräche, a monthly podcast in German, where Julius Baer experts discuss some of the latest market developments. We share our key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape in German. Search for Marktanalysen und Gespräche on your favorite podcast player.